For sure. Even your mom counts as a person in the room. Yeah, she still paid the well, for, for sure. sure. I, I don't put my mom on the guest list. My mom's paying. <laughs> Ice cold. Ice cold. It's a business, ma. <laughs> All right, everyone, what's good? It's Johan Sebastian. Welcome to episode 12 of The Pen and the Drum. Like I said, I'm Johan Sebastian. Howdy, I'm Sanders, and we've got some special guests this episode. Fifth is out. He's on an interdimensional space flight. Uh, he'll be That's back right. for some other future episode if he doesn't get torn apart by the event horizon when he crosses through a black hole. All of that's true. But who do we have on the show this episode? Johan Sebastian. <laughs> Uh, we have Andy Scott and Rory from Lander. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey, what's hey up, guys? all the way from Canada. Fantastic. Yeah, international. Yeah, where are you? podcasting right now. Great. Where Where are you guys? What city? Montreal, Quebec. Nice. Yeah. Um, you didn't get any of the snow, did you? <laughs> we always get snow. Yeah, well, yeah we didn't yeah. get we didn't get the big snow. Yeah, from just like normal snow. One. Yeah, normal snow. Yeah. But the snowpocalypse, that's like normal for us. It's like nothing. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. If this is the first time you're listening, uh, this is The Pen and the Drum. We're a podcast of Making Hip Hop, which is a community on Reddit about making hip hop. We are um, producers, rappers. We have some visual artists um, as well. And we are a, a forum where you can discuss issues about making hip hop. We have a whole bunch of contests for beat makers and rappers alike to come on and compete. And um, it's just a good place to meet other artists, to ask questions about your craft, to get ideas, to get inspiration. Um, and yeah, we're the podcast of making hip hop. So um, one of the oftentimes on oh, threads, people will talk about Lander um, because it is a automated uh, mastering um process or software that you guys offer uh, through your website. And, you know, it's always asked on the threads, should I use Lander? Should I learn how to master myself? How good is it? What does it do? So there's been a fair amount of discussion. So I don't know if any of you guys would feel comfortable just kind of talking about Lander itself and um, like what it does. Yeah, absolutely. So Lander is a product we launched, uh, it's been about two years now. Um, and the hope there was really to, to, to give people uh, a way to master their music, um, which we felt was a kind of misunderstood or, or widely not understood process. We wanted to kind of democratize that for, for all you know, musicians, beat makers, producers, and we wanted to bring it to the world in a real like down earth way that people could get behind. So really trying to just give back to people who might not be able to a afford um, you know high high quality mastering or b learn how to do it themselves. So uh, I think we're solving a pretty big problem for producers nowadays. Who uh, I think that's one of the harder parts of producing is is the actual mastering part. Like how do I get my songs to sound like uh, you know people on the radio or people making huge hits so to give people that leg up early on i think is uh it's what we're trying to do yeah and i see you guys all over like the uh the internet scape so it 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 sounds like you guys are somewhat successful in doing so (laughs) for sure yeah we've had i mean thanks to um thanks to people's support and spreading the word and really like hyping us up 
I think the the love for for the brand and the and Lander itself is is really big, and that's the part that keeps us going and keeps us inspired. And and uh, you know we're doing this as musicians. Many of us are musicians here, so the the real reason for us doing this is uh, is you know to be a part of those communities and to help people out. So it's it's really heartwarming to see it spread spread through all these different places. And making hip hop's also been a place that's. Uh, I've definitely read many, many threads where people are like, oh, this, I just found this thing. Have you guys used it? It's really cool to see um, uh, those places and, and people really pumping it up. So, Yeah, most, sure. of, most of what we do is, is like as a response to those communities and, and not just mastering specific topics either. We, we like to stay uh, involved in any, any topic that has to do with producing in general. So the communities yeah. are a great place to do that. It's sweet to see so many people talking about it so actively yeah and so on sort of the flip side of all the good stuff which i personally think it's a great service and like a great idea for a product i'll be targeted by the facebook ads assuming because i like different uh hardware and software companies and also i'll see a lander ad on facebook and i'll be like oh yeah this is a this is a cool product a cool company i'll go read the comments and there'll be like one guy who's like mastering by a computer that's a yeah. <laughs> taking that's someone's job. Someone has to learn to do that, and then there'll be like a couple people like, "Yeah, this is this is ridiculous." Like, what do you what do y'all say to that sort of criticism and that sort of purist, never change anything approach? Man, that's it's the oldest argument in the book. With the you know, when a new version of an existing service comes out, there's always going to be resistance. It's the same thing to me as Blockbuster versus Netflix. Or yes. taxis versus Uber, you know, totally it's the agree. same idea. So sure. there's always resistance when something new comes out, but people will get used to it. So yeah, when we first launched, it was it was uh, it was pretty wild because we didn't have, you know, now we have a lot of for for everyone that's hating on us, we've got ten people who are really loving it, and so there's not a lot of self doubt. But when we first launched it, yeah, people were going crazy with like, well, this is shit, and you know, like, <laughs> why would anyone ever use this? And uh-huh. and we were like well, what about the people who can't master or can't afford to master? And that's who we're really focusing on and trying to help people. Um, and over time, it's been interesting to see the conversation switch from, yeah, the, the Facebook comments that are like, you know, fuck these guys to, wow, I really love this thing and I want to see it survive. And I, I don't know what I would do without this, this thing. So um, in a way, like just the perseverance on our part and uh, connecting with the people who actually need it. Like, I think there's more of a need for it than there is people who are hating against it. I totally agree. And yeah. yeah, And especially like that's such a, just a negative thing to put out there when if you think about it at all, it's not, I mean, maybe in a perfect world, you guys would want to be like the only option, but I don't think you're approaching it from that way at all. It's just like, if you can't master, do this. If you have other ways of mastering, by all means do those. But like, I, I think there's no reason to be so negative about it when it's, such a useful thing to so many people. So that's good. That- no, for sure. For and sure. And I've always sure. said, like, to that, it's like, yeah, if you have the means to hire a mastering and mastering engineer, by all means, do yeah. that. You know, this is not a product that's trying to replace that. You know, but no, no, no. Would you rather? Would you rather put it through Lander before you threw your song up on SoundCloud, or not master it at all? You know, no, for sure. like that's how I approach it. You know, yeah. if you don't, if you're not comfortable mastering yet and you know, you're just going to ruin things. If you try and crank it up and make it loud, like, you know, 
try and do it, try and learn from it, but put it through Lander and see what happens, you know? Well, that's it, and a lot of people are using it in ways that people would never even use mastering, you know? Like, they'll, they'll because of the price of it, you know, it's not that hard to put a mix in, see how it's going to sound mastered, go back and tweak it. Um, so there's these new behaviors that people are doing uh, out of the tool, which for me is really exciting. Like, I think it's it's changing the way people are producing, and it's bringing a new, you know, tool to the toolbox of, of producers, so. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, it's turning into, like, a, uh, like a companion, like a mastering companion more so than just, just for final masters. Like, uh, you can yeah. use it all throughout your process from step one all the way till the the final upload phase so that's cool well, that's cool we got some good background on lander there and before we hop into the main topic for the show which is this awesome uh self-promotion guide they put together and posted on our subreddit we'll go ahead and listen to a track from adam and cuth called wasted time Bench and my heart back Yellow flowers will sprout out path cracks Skies only broken by pylons, black lines Only sound is the beat and the chatting of these magpies Flapping in the gang sack, gathered at my right side Grass heights like tidelines Float in the moment, slow it up, capsize Now I'm fully submerged Channel pleasure through the pen into my words Rapping out loud, I just tell it to the birds And they nod beak, scrubble drop head Start pecking in the dirt I presume and that means it's good But that's me, so believe I would I stop for a hot minute, sit still as trees are stood Don't need clothes, sun on my neck, check the breeze is good Take time, wrap it in paper, it's made mine Pull rattles and I spray lines This space is a piece of wood raw Vines in our eyes and this music's a knife that we whittle with Wasting time On the station display Wait for a train Man I swear I'll wait all day It'll never change Unless I make mega change Get a place in a better way Car maybe plane Maybe horseback Till then I sit Scribble lyrics Eyes flicker as we're zipping Through the landscape Trackside patterns All shimmy with the waveform Mirage sinking in the heat I stare out a window Picking up my teeth Apple piece back there My toothpick won't reach So I just chew it Thinking that I'm looking Like I'm James Dean Blades more Ainsley, Harriet, and AC Slater Enthusiastic but lacking, no, I bring a bit of 80s flavor On train, hate these strangers Carries to myself and I rave beats, cranked up blatant Instead of whispering to myself like I'm crazy Aching, drifting in and out of some bait sleep plays like This journey's a piece of wood raw Eyes in my hands and my pen is a knife that I whip Yeah, so those guys dropped that on vinyl and CD in the Yeah, I was just saying, year. wow, you can actually cap it in a number of physical ways that's dope they got some vinyls pressed up some vinyls some vinyl pressed up <laughs> that's good that's from the UK that was nice that's nice like that. yeah, it's great no they're really good and I'm, they seem to be pretty successful it's dope that they're messing around with making hip hop yeah. you know um, so yeah great track this is a real laid back flow it's good yeah. Alright, so yeah, Andy, you posted the No Bullshit Musician's Guide to Self-Promotion on uh, Making Hip Hop a little bit ago, and let me tell you, man, that's 
kind of the biggest question we get all the time. How do I promote myself? What's the best way to spend my money? Like, there are tons of resources out there about how to make a beat, how to write a song, you know, but when it comes to the other end, there, there definitely are resources out there, but this was like... This was just laid out in a nice overview, um, covered a lot of the main bases, and it was a really strong guide. So, um, did you write that? Did you have a team of people writing it? What? Um, how did this come about? So, I'm going to come clean. It's the boy Scott here who actually wrote the book. Okay. Uh, I posted it, um, kind of pretending it was mine, but <laughs> I, I did help with it, but it's really, the bulk of the work was done by Scott. Nicely done. Okay. Yeah, pretty much everything we do here is like a team effort, but we all we all work on projects on our own and then we workshop them all together. So, I mean, this is kind of outside the mastering software kind of thing. Is this a a greater just general music blogging like kind of com- campaign that you guys do or how how does this fit into what you're doing at Lander? Totally. So, with the with the mastering tool, uh the basic uh MO of that is to, to make things easier for musicians starting out or anyone who might need extra tool or just helping people make more music. So yeah. uh, everything we do kind of grows out of that one central concept. So uh, a question that we get asked all the time and then also a question that we see in all the communities is, is how to promote. And uh, it's, it's, it's definitely changed quite a bit uh, recently just because of how the music industry at large has changed. So, uh, like streaming platforms coming out, new tools, new apps, you know, it, it, the landscape's definitely changed from, from how it used to exist. So I think that it was something that there was a need for it that we saw on our end. And then we also saw in the community. So that's kind of why we, uh, we put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a great guide. Yeah. I like the tone of it, too, because we have people that ask all the time, like, what should I do for promotion? And they feel like there's a way that they're going to be able to spend $100 and suddenly they're just going to get fans. And it's like, you know, like you start out talking about like an audience and support is built out of really hard work and, you know, a lot of trust, credibility, authority, a lot of just just being there, you know, whether that be at shows or releases or whatever, just consistent quality. And it's not going to be something that comes overnight. Like it's really something you got to work for. And as an audience all the time, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's all sorts of entities out there that are, that are, uh, they're, they're they're promotional tools. Then they're not promotion machines, you know? So, uh, you can't, you can't just buy a hammer and all your nails will be nailed into the wall. (laughs) You have to pick the hammer up and use it, you know? So, uh, things like SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all that stuff, you, you can start them, but they, they, they're an ongoing project, you know? Yeah. So you really have to, you have to work with them, yeah. you have to build your community, you have to be approachable, all, all of the above. So it, they're, they're definitely tools rather than, than machines. And there's, there's no, there's no magic key either, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, no, uh, there's no golden ticket, really. Sure. And the way you made that very clear in the guide, like the people will always, there's a ton of blogs that sort of have guides like this or someone will write this in response to someone asking. And this is one of the first times I've read one and I was like, yeah, this is like, this is how it works. Because <laughs> when someone asks the question, like, where do I spend my money? And someone answers, well, here's where you spend your money. They're asking the wrong question to start with. So the exactly. fact that you laid it out in that sort of approach, like these are the things you use but this is how you should use them and i don't even know if you mentioned like 
that like money question, like pouring money into doing this at all in any sort of substantive way. So, yeah, I mean, you talked about promoting Facebook pages and stuff, but beyond that, like you can pay other people to do some of this, but it kind of all has to be from your own overarching like promotion method. And unless you're big and have a manager to oversee that, like that's going to fall on you as an, as an artist, you know? Totally. And also like, you can hire publicists, you can, you know, you can pour money into stuff, but if what they're amplifying doesn't resonate with people, you're Mm -hmm. just kind of throwing money away and you'll know when it's time to hire people. Like, I think you need to start off sure. and you need to hone your craft and the more you can, you know, stay in the black and not not spend a bunch of money yes. building your thing naturally and organically and finding what actually, you know, what what do you have that works for other people uh, until you find that and build that up because it's always the same thing, you know, you're, you have something within you, you have something in your music, you know, you're trying to figure out how people respond to that and until you know what that is, it's... it's uh, you got to be careful where you throw your money, you know? Yes. Very, very yeah. insightful. Yep. Y'all are full, y'all are full of truth bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that's changed is that there's the, the, this sort of uh, discovery myth of, of getting discovered by someone that's going all over the country looking for that next big act is, uh, is kind of dissolving because yeah. uh, taste some makers. of the bigger, exactly. So, a lot of the bigger entities that people are aiming for right off the bat, uh, they aren't going to take maybe some some raw talent that, that doesn't really have... You, you, you need to prove that, that you already have a following, and, that, and that's what they're looking at now, because you can measure these sorts, these sorts of things now, like uh, how many people follow you on Twitter, like how many followers do you have, how many plays do you have, like that's all measurable now, so... Uh, the onus is definitely on the artist to get that organic grassroots thing off the ground first and then all of this other stuff like labels bigger entities like that, that that's all stuff that comes down the line but the, there's definitely like a big door open for independent musicians to make things work right off the bat for themselves so sure let's talk about what I think is a hugely overlooked thing that you guys start very early in the guide with and that's setting up an email marketing list and um to me like i'm involved in other um community forums for like creative entrepreneurs and whatnot and like inside the entrepreneur space the 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 mailing list the email list is so focused on but when it comes to musicians like I don't know if everyone just thinks that Facebook and Twitter is enough or like that they don't understand what email brings to the table, but um, I don't know. I feel like it's overlooked amongst artists. Totally and I don't know if one of you guys want to speak to the importance of having an email list and what you can do with that. It's, it's hugely overlooked. Uh, in this day and age, you wouldn't expect yeah. it. It seems counterintuitive, but email marketing is still by far, far and away the, the most effective form of marketing for any industry that's across all sectors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, the, the metric that we use for this is money and email marketing brings in more cash than anything else. So it's, it can't be beaten. That respect. Yeah. And like, just because if you're like 19 or 20, like just cause you don't send emails or just cause you rarely use email, you can't just write it off. I mean, yes, a lot happens on Twitter. Yes. Stuff happens on Instagram and Facebook, but that's that getting people 
to either spend money or do whatever it is that you're taking from them that they're giving to you i should say rather uh email i i, I couldn't explain why like i do, do, do y'all have any guesses as to why that is i mean i know it's very quantifiably the top method but is it what is it well can Consider your interactions with social media compared to your interactions with email. Uh, like a Facebook timeline, for example, it's easy to scroll. It, there's a lot of noise. Um, so you, it's very easy to overlook stuff on there. But then stuff that ends up in your email inbox, it feels like it's for you. So you're more yeah. likely to, to sort of open it and actually read it over than you would, let's say, a Facebook ad mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's definitely like a, a personability about email that... that uh, that still exists today where it's sort of one person talking to you, right. which, which is important for any, any musician starting a mailing list. You need to be you as opposed to being this, uh, project, you know, right, you, you right. need to be a person, you need to be reachable. Uh, and people, people, you, you can have a one-to-one interaction with email that, that doesn't really exist anywhere else. And a lot of people are really hesitant because they don't want to be seen as spam. And I would say the correct thing to do that is to not be spam. (laughs) It it, it really is easy once you get a mailing list going to be annoying and to send out pointless things. But your most successful email campaigns are going to bring value to the recipient every time you know like and a lot of value that might not have anything to do with you like you might send out an interesting article you found that week that really changed how you mix or something um it doesn't always have to be about promoting your shit but if you build up a reputation of always bringing something valuable to the person when they open that email they're gonna open more of them they're gonna look forward to it and then when you do have an album coming out like they're going to be right there waiting for it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, check, check out my SoundCloud. doesn't really work too well, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. only say that so many times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And at this point, it's almost like a joke. Like, it's become <laughs> totally. a parody of, like, just internet musicians. You've got to really do a little bit more than that. Yeah, exactly. But we don't want to ignore social media altogether. I mean, you talk a lot about social media in the guide. Um Totally. But you kind of cap it off with uh, another thing a lot of artists overlook, and that's having a personal website, um, which is also incredibly, incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's the, it's the same thing that we were talking about before with the social media, where there's so much noise to cut through and uh, just a lot of peripheral distractions that uh, are just hard to, hard to stand out above. So if you have your own personal website, that's like a place that's 100% yours. You can have all of your uh, pivotal information and uh, you're not really at the mercy of these forces that are beyond you. You can kind of just hone it all right there and that's your project. Although, yeah. and there is also the people who read these guides and then they turn it into like, they take it beyond the grind and instead of like posting meaningful content, it's like they'll literally say back to the grind. It's like a million hashtags. Like there's those people who still don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. They like follow the guide and they post yeah. like inspirational shit, but they're like a producer and they'll post like 20 inspirational pictures. It'll be like Rocky on the steps holding totally. his fist up. And it's like, <laughs> today's the day just go and get it. And it's like, no one wants to see this from you. You're some random hip hop yeah, producer. Yeah. Post shit about music. That's- if you're going to post inspirational yeah. shit, and then just yeah. post less. Like some yep. people spam everything. Like you can 
spam is not just email. I don't think anyone thinks that, but there are so many people I've unfollowed on Twitter in the producer and musician realm who yep. go about it all wrong. And then they'll say stuff like, man, my social media, I'm so good at social media. I'm posting every day, 40, 50 times a day. And it's like, no, bad, wrong. Like, look at what the people yeah. who have these uh, huge follower accounts and like useful, well, not even necessarily huge follower accounts, but just that valuable engagement in terms of that discourse with fans that happens naturally on stuff you post. Totally. You see zero interactions when someone like hashtags 40 things and it's a picture of like a heart and it's like family and some friends, like enemies, snakes in the grass, like all this stupid bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't post that. Yeah, just, just, just like being find your voice and post that. Meaningful content is definitely what it comes down to. Like you, you always have to think about yeah. what do I go online to find? And uh, yeah. if you look at you posting things that are useful, telling your own story, like peeking into your process, like all those things engage well, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. they're going to remember, someone's going to remember that the next time they're thinking about your music or, it, and it, it, it's all, it's all brick by brick, you know, the, these, yeah. these little meaningful things all add up into, into one uh, really solid foundation for doing anything else. I think so, you, you nailed it a second ago, too, when you said voice, you know, and I, I think that's something that artists might not, yeah. that you might might want to go into that a little deeper. Mm-hmm. The idea in email, in uh, on social, um, and even, you know, if you're doing interviews or whatever, what what is your voice as an artist? Like, what are you bringing yeah. to the table? What side of yourself are you showing? And you really got to put yourself in, in, you know, if you want to have fans, you have to put yourself in their shoes what would you want to see as a fan uh what's the side of you that people actually like you for like you kind of got to be real and you got to show people what you are and why they should care about you and you're right like they don't care about you because you put a picture of rocky up they care about you because you're working hard in the studio on your stuff or you just made something that's beautiful and you want to share it with the world like it's like what you're working on is a part of you show that part of you as well as a person and and work on that that that's a thing to work on it's the same in building a company um same in building a brand it's the same in becoming an artist you have this public persona that you are curating and editing and presenting and you got to work on that yeah and then once you have i mean and once you find whatever voice or brand it is that you're sort of putting out there and you really find like the right thing that's when you start to get those like your audience grows in a useful way like you can post dumb shit all day and like stupid clickbait and like stuff that 14 year old girls on twitter with hella emojis they think it's like really funny and they'll share it'll be like ah when your your friends do this and like but what does that gain like if you get followers that are worthless in terms of what you're actually trying to put out like you can spam all the stuff in the world that'll get people sort of sharing and retweeting and favoriting your stuff. But if it's not the right people, who cares? Like why even waste your time doing that? Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people would ever do that. Yeah. So what, like, what do you, how would you, if, sort if of, anything, if anything, that kind of behavior in the long run is actually detrimental. Yeah. Sure. You may get a bunch of followers right off the bat or a bunch of likes right off the bat, but as far as growing someone who's going to stick with you and, and continues yes. to be interested in your story as an artist, uh, it, it does nothing, and, yeah. and and in fact hinders <laughs> hinders that process. Follower bots in yeah. Taiwan are not going to make a career. Yeah. <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> this next tune we're going to listen to is uh, by a Brazilian artist, 
And uh, user Ridgewell on Making Hip Hop has a label called Haju Tapes. And he, as far as I can tell from the band camp, he has two releases and he does cassette releases. So um, the cassettes are sold out for this one, so you can't get this anymore. But um, you can get the digital one on there. So I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of this song. Um, <laughs> it's beautifully it's, titled, but we cannot see Yes, it. yes, it looks lovely. <laughs> but the link is in the show notes, so uh, please check it out. But it's a nice, uh, really chill track. So uh, DJ Sanders. Real pretty though. I like that track. It's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. real nice. The the studio I work at, I book at a local venue. We do some of the booking there. And uh, let me tell you, press kits, like the press kits people send out in the DIY music space, are all over the place and mostly terrible. Like I don't think people grasp the tone of. Positive confidence, but not overselling yourself that you need to have in a press kit. You know, like people proclaiming they're the best band you've ever heard and just like total like ridiculous stuff that if you'd stop and think about it, like receiving it, like, I mean, I get it. I want people to be confident in themselves. And if you really have something special, like you should be able to convey that meaningfully, but just telling someone you're the best thing or I'm the best thing you're ever going to hear is like, it's not going to do it, you know? So there's a lot of really good info in the guide. Once again, we want to point people back to this guide um, about what to put in a press kit and, um, and kind of how to go about putting that together. Press kits are definitely a place where you want to uh, reach out to uh, different places that could probably do some of the things that you need in the press kit a little bit better than you could on your own. Uh, yeah. if, if you do have a small budget, uh, it's a good place to focus some of your funds, especially for uh, photos, uh, things like that, or, or uh, even getting the press kit made. But uh, there's definitely portions of it that, that you can do that you can definitely do on your own. So it's more so just about including the right information and and doing it in uh, in an effective way. 
think it, yeah. it should tell your story and I think that uh, it should tell it in like you know almost a high level like <laughs> lifetime accomplishments type of way like a bullet point list with five things that you accomplished would probably go further than a poem about who you are or what you feel because um, I, I think that you got to remember that people looking at these they don't care you know like their job is more to see <laughs> if you're valuable and then put you in front of people um, and so they're not looking for like a flowery uh, bio they're looking for like hard concrete evidence that people are going to come to the show or that they should put you on the radio or write a press uh, you know write a piece on you and and then if they're going to write a piece on you they need to know your story a little bit so it, sh it should be pretty concrete and uh, and as simple as possible yeah so definitely yeah. you would say like simple language instead of some people get like really flowery and write this whole narrative that's like really bad community college creative writing style <laughs> stuff whenever they have to talk about yeah. themselves their group or their band or whatever totally that, I, mean, I think avoid that at all costs would you say for sure <laughs> that's a huge problem in the indie world i don't know about the hip-hop world but uh yeah people writing these like vague poems that actually say nothing about the band yeah. or the or the act and uh, they actually are probably hurting themselves more than they're helping themselves I would say more than anything else, I think the EPK is a great place to get help from outside. Like, number one, I would say your bio. Don't write your own bio. Don't write like, your own bio. Yeah, that's it is so hard to think about sure. yourself objectively. And, like, so even the other parts of the EPK, the press kit, but definitely, like, the bio, like, get a friend or get someone you really respect as an, as an artist to write about you. And you can tweak it and use different parts for different things, but you know start from a third perspective and not your own um when it comes to your bio absolutely i mean the way i feel it when i get them for this venue i book at is like i with people i want to book i'm going to assume that artistry and good music is there you know so don't telling me how don't spend your time telling me how great of an artist you are tell me about how you can get people in the door that's what i care about as a booker and it's like if you can get people in the door and you can demonstrate that you've done that in the past i'm going to assume it's because you're a good artist and that's already there if you weren't a great artist you wouldn't even be this far in the game exactly that's, that's just it. assumed yeah. well for you as a booker it has to be a business decision right so it doesn't matter 100%. if it doesn't matter if you think they're cool if you fuck with them it matters like will they fill the chairs in my venue that's yeah it. and almost any time you're going to be sending an EPK to someone it's almost way more business than it is anything else and people get caught up in the artistry and like that side of it like well I want to convey that I'm I'm a real rapper you know so like that's got to be in there and it's like but that's that's not the target, you know. <laughs> like most people, you send an EPK to just care about the business. They just want people to come to their blog. They want people to buy albums for the label. They want people to come to the venue. Like whatever it is, like it's yeah. a business decision. So that's you need to approach yeah. that part as well in your EPK. Totally. Yeah. Me something measurable. Yeah. Yeah. I think sure. journalists are looking for you know they're looking for a headline. Like they want to know something that they can twist into a to a clickable story. And I think bookers are looking to fill a venue and sell beer, probably honestly, in the long run. So these yeah. are these, <laughs> these are the things you're looking to to help people do in music. And if you think of it that way, like I'm helping someone get a headline or I'm helping someone fill a show, you know, you'd probably be better to to make an EPK from that point of view than thinking about your artistry. Yeah. 
I mean, that ties very closely to the next thing y'all talked about in the guide, and that's reaching out to other people, um, contacting blogs and industry people, um, venues, whatever. Do you want to you speak to speak to that a little bit? Totally. So it's the same thing that we spoke about before with you just need to be uh, a human being first uh, in this sense and, and keep in be mind real. that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep in mind that you're talking to someone and uh, more often than not, you're talking to a fellow music fan. So you already have something in common right off the bat. So it's, it's, uh, it's about building a relationship more than it's about getting getting a link or, or, or getting followers or something like that. It's, it's about a, a one-on-one relationship and all that stuff comes naturally uh, after, after the fact. Sure. Uh, and something that we talked about in the book is that uh, there's definitely the uh, blogs that you reach out to want to post meaningful content too, just like you should be posting your own meaningful content. So you need to be providing that to them, like how you, how your story can be leveraged by them uh, in, in like a good and useful way and something that, that will get engaged with over something that's just clickbait or, or a SoundCloud link or something like that. It has to be, uh, has to be um, interesting or useful. Yeah. And uh, to that end, like of it having to work on both sides of the relationship, um, this is something I've heard DJ Payne One talk about a bunch. But like, if you get a review in a blog, you gotta share it and you gotta push that a bunch. Like, there's a there's an understanding between like so many people get re- reviews and one tweet goes out from the blog and then they get all huffy about how the blog didn't really promote it that much. And it's like, no man, that's your job. There's an understanding when you get a write-up from a publication that you're going to audience share, you know, you get access to their huge audience of their blog and they get, they get access to your fans and you're both going to push it from both sides. So totally, you need to and, and review, be sharing the and, reviews you get. Yeah. Reviews and write-ups are, are just like your SoundCloud or your Twitter or anything. They're, they're tools that you, that you have to use and that you have to leverage in, yeah. in a, in a good way. I also think in just one quick note on like what people call networking. I hate the idea of networking, like to put a term on it, it's terrible. But I think in this world, you, you kind of have to be doing it and you have to be doing it naturally in a way that feels uh, good. And you can sum it up as networking, but in reality, it's like just being out and about, being at shows, meeting people, uh, yeah. sharing what you're working on, being interested in what other people are working on. And you know it, it's it sounds gross when you when you put it in the terms of networking, but it's kind of super important for for everybody in this in this business. It's like there are, yeah there are people that make this world turn, and, and uh, you know the more people you have in your it's kind of that like build build your army thing, right? Like the more people you have in your army, the, the further you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, I like to call it meeting people at shows, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we'll go ahead and listen to the winner of Game of Hip Hop number 22. The team was Mike Holmes rapping and Big O Soul producing. So here's their track, The Last Invasion, winner of Best Song. Let's hear it, Team 13. Let's go. This is 
star date 2016 We're evicting your existence Turn from pristine to polluted Convoluted The truth is this is rude Deep in All your twisted systems These men turn the richest wisdom Into dime for riches So it's time for business Your demise and sickness Civilized prescription for your lives Now hundred times we witnessed Species go extinct from your planet Disappear to ashes while your sphere collapses Unto itself to void of wealth And so it fell Your society's a parasite I'm shaking in my so boots over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forget what the theme was. It was like it must zombies, have been aliens, or zombies, yeah, something. or aliens, yeah, yeah, aliens, War of the yeah. Worlds type shit. Ali- it was shout aliens. Out, yep. Shout out Tom Cruise, I guess. Uh, that was nice though. That beat was dope. <laughs> that was more, that was yeah. one of the nicer game of hip hop tracks I've heard. So just to let you guys know, and listeners who might not have heard this before, game of hip hop is like random teams of three people get linked up together and have to produce a song so um sometimes it'll be two rappers and a producer this one um was just two guys a producer and a rapper and then there's like the best they vote best overall they'll do like best verse best beat and then i think best album art as well so um a lot of people have been getting involved in the game of hip-hop it's a yeah if this fun, was uh, team 13 there must have been a big turnout for this one all right, back to the guide. Debuting new music. This is a big one. <laughs> the day is here. You have your... I, I, you know, I work in a studio, and I work with so many musicians who we finish the final mix, you know, or we're, like, mastering their thing in the studio, and they're like, great, let's put it on SoundCloud. And it's like, what? Right now? <laughs> like, like, do people even know you're putting an album out? You just want to put it up like that? What the fuck, you know? Like... It should be a calculated, planned, uh, thought-through process with a little bit of forethought, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of methodology to it, And I totally agree with that, but I always wonder at the same time, like, do you think that comes from a place of ignorance or a place of, who the fuck am I? Like, who's watching? No one cares. I'll just put it out. Yeah. Well, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I think if you make an event around your music... And you kind of like get people hyped and you leverage your audience and you kind of make it an event. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a small event at first, but it's going to build. That's but true. if you never treat your music with the respect it deserves, and even if you're dropping crazy tracks just on a whim, it's going to just float on by most of your listeners, even people who love you and follow you. You know, yeah. they just might not and, and be on Twitter at that time and it's just going to get lost in the stream. And, and something we talk about in the guide is that if you approach marketing your project uh in like a storytelling type way then debuting new music is is uh your campaign or however you uh 
decide to release it is ju it's just sort of a natural extension of that process so you don't yeah. even need to be consciously thinking like i you can obviously to have like a campaign of releasing your music but if you approach it from day one of telling your story then when you do get to that point of debuting everyone kind of knows what you've been up to they know how you got to that place and they know uh all the work that you put into the music so it kind of all builds naturally that way yeah this kind of speaks to something that um you guys talked about earlier and the guy that I kind of skipped over but being a musician and a businessman as well or a businesswoman and creating or approaching business things from a creative standpoint people ask all the time like what's the right way to release an album or what's the right way to self-promote and it's like there isn't really a right way even inside the music industry like there are whole teams that develop a a certain approach and story to albums for artists on labels and like you can approach it with all that same thought and planning you need to make up an interesting story or an interesting something about the release of your own music and follow exactly. through with it there's there's like, no right or wrong you're free way. to be as creative as you want yeah there's no right or wrong way there's only your way so it has to be whatever you feel is the is the best way to do it for your music and and your uh the story that you're telling so uh, Definitely. And, and yeah, creativity, uh, you, sh you should be able to approach business with the same creativity that you use to make music every day. So uh, it's, it's about standing out. And if you can make your music stand out, uh, you should also be able to make your campaign stand out and approach it with the same part of the brain that you use to make music. Yeah. Which gives you a leg up on a ton of people out there that go for the overly business-minded way of putting their music out there or get a service to do it or any number of those things. It's, it's, uh, it can be pretty bland, but uh, if you approach it in the right way and, and uh, do it with a creative panache, then uh, you definitely have a leg up over probably 80 to 90% of the people who are debuting music. Yeah. Um, I guess speaking to like why people do that, I've always... I feel like in hip hop, there are expectations of a mixtape or two every year and like a project, but there's also like, you're just supposed to be churning out singles constantly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, I, I don't know if how much truth is to that. I mean, a lot of people certainly do it. You do want to have a certain amount of activity in, of releasing your music, but I think that kind of speaks to why people want to put stuff out instantly without building any hype for their project because you're just supposed to be in this place where you're constantly putting tracks on SoundCloud. And that right. speaks a little bit to the way that the industry is changing and less from like big annual project kind of cycles to mm -hmm. um, more I, constant solid releases. But I think people see dudes that they respect doing that and assume that that's the way it has to go for them also. But that, yeah. that works if you're already Gucci Mane or you're already Young Thug, but it's not going to work if nobody knows who you are already. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, if you and that's see, true for if you so many of, things that, that big artists do. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. <laughs> if you see a ton of people doing it, you probably, and you want to stand out, you probably don't want to do the exact same thing. So you have to think about your format, how you're releasing, <laughs> like uh, what you're doing in uh, as far as like a creative way of putting your music out there, as opposed to just sort of this formulaic thing that everyone expects. You yeah. want to try and be outside the box. Yeah. 
I think it also makes sense to like calendar out your year a little bit too. You know, if you're an artist and that's your focus, I think you really need to be calculated and figuring out, okay, maybe, you know, maybe by summer I want to have an album. So what's it going to take to get there? Um, and what can I do to build hype along the way? So maybe you do drop a couple songs on SoundCloud if you know that, okay, a couple hundred people are going to listen and share this stuff every time I put out a track. Well, that's great. Like if you have a strategy that, that works, then that's cool, but be building towards something. So release a couple singles and then, uh, you know, plan to have your record done three months before you actually release it. Uh, and in that three months, all you should be doing is focusing on promoting your upcoming record. So releasing a couple more singles, sending it to, you know, a hundred blogs because only 10 of them are going to get back to you. Um, and then by the time, you know, you want to kind of line up all your stars so that when, when the, the record drops, you've got uh, press covering it. You've got people who have already engaged with your singles. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot to think about as an artist, especially if you're doing it yourself. Um, but a campaign is a specific thing, you know, like you, you build up towards someone, to, towards something, and then you release it, and the idea is that you kind of hit, like, peak, uh, peak momentum, and then as soon as you release it, you should probably be hitting the road, even if you're doing, like, a DIY tour. Like, this is how careers are built, and nowadays, you know, many people are building their careers by doing this themselves, um, but you, you kind of got to calendar out like a year in advance, you know what I mean? Like, like if you're just releasing stuff tomorrow with no game plan, that's probably not going to stick. But if you're working towards, okay, I've got this thing at the end of the road and that's going to end with me hitting a, you know, a tour and I'm going to hit venues of 200 people and my record came out, you know, three months before that, it, it, like you got to have a plan. It's a game of chess, if you will. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. You can't win in the first move. You got to set yourself up for success. <laughs> for sure. And you can't just keep throwing pawns out every yeah. two minutes thinking that, all right, I'm just going to build on this. Like, you got to think way ahead. Shout out to all the chess players. <laughs> Shout out Bobby Fischer. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Fischer. <laughs> Has anyone made a song like about Bob, like Bobby Fischer's the title of the song? Because that would be tight. I don't think. <laughs> There's a very small percentage of people who would like make the connection, but that could be a really good. Like, I can hear the hook on that already, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Open call out if you want to make that. So much to make. That. I see a, a collab taking shape right here. <laughs> Lander presents Bobby actually, Fisher. Actually, one of our earliest supporters, and shout out to him if he's listening to us right now. He actually goes by Bobby Fisher. He's a he's an A and R at Atlantic. He helped break like Trey songs. And when we first launched Lander and everyone was like, I'm not touching that thing, it looks too crazy, he went on Twitter and was like, no, this is for real, I'm using it on all my projects. And uh, I actually ended up meeting with him in New York once, sweetest guy in the world, so if he's listening. That's awesome. Hey, Bobby. Shout out to that Bobby Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the real Bobby Fisher. (laughs) I mean, I would say, talking about... um, creating a story or an event with your release transitions well into the next one of playing shows. I mean, you were just talking about touring a little bit, but like the album release show is, can be a very huge thing. And especially if you're struggling to kind of get the attention of a venue in your town and you know, you haven't had a lot of shows like having an album release um, event can be something that, you know, like, 
can be a little bit of can carry a little weight when you're talking to a venue, you know. For sure. Like that should translate into more people coming because you're promoting mm-hmm. it, but um it can help get attention. Oh yeah, we're gonna drop our album then so we get a we should get a lot of people out to that show. You know, they might take you a little more seriously. Yep. For sure. Um, Even your mom counts as a person in the room. Yeah. <laughs> She's still paid to well, for, for sure. sure. I, I don't put my mom on the guest list. My mom's paying to get that. Ice cold. Ice fir- cold. The first time you... My- first record you launch, it's going to be like your community, your tight community, your parents, your friends, your brother, mm-hmm. your sister, you know, and maybe two, three, ten extra people in the room. But then those ten extra people, you know, they're going to tell two people, and then next time you do a show, you know, that's how you build an audience. Like an audience starts with your your close close community yeah it starts mm-hmm. where you're from for sure most important yeah. place and mostly fellow musicians you know yeah like when you're playing a, a show with other bands and it's mostly the other bands in the audience that kind of sucks but yeah. that's how a lot of like smaller shows are and that's how you meet people so go to your friend's shows go to other musician shows put in that show karma so that when you have your show it'll come <laughs> back to you you know that's, that's a very and, important for real. concept yeah we did an episode on um, how to book live shows and kind of all that went into that with our good friend, Dr. Bobby Banner, NPC. Um, that was episode eight. So, listeners, if you want to go back and check that one out, um, we go way into the whole live uh, music process. But as it goes to promotion, it's like it's kind of seen as a separate thing in a lot of people's minds, but like playing live is just another way of promoting your music, you know? Absolutely. Or that's part of its role, right? And if you calendar everything out, like we were just talking about, it's it's a, just another step on that process. And it has to all all feed together into one cohesive whole. Sure. Yeah. And I think people uh, people often look overlook the touring aspect too, but touring is the ultimate promotion. You know, like it, you you live and breathe your music for six months. You you yeah. I mean, that's a long tour, but. If you can do it, you should be doing it. Like yeah. you, yeah. you get. There's no better way to know what you're doing in your life <laughs> with your music. Even if you're making, you might not know it, but maybe you're making terrible music right now. Take it on the road for six months. Put it in front of audiences yeah, all know. over the world. You will mm-hmm. know, and you will make better music because of the feedback you get. Yeah, Just from definitely. you know, even if you're playing to a crowd of ten people a night, it's still going to help you hone your yeah. craft, and it's going to spread the word. You know, like sometimes one in ten of those people is an important journalist or important person at a label you know people who are in the business they go out you know sometimes every night of the week so even a tuesday in in some unknown club in philadelphia could have the right people there and you won't know unless you actually hit the ground you know do north america do europe if you can do it um and that's how you really you know you're going to hit these networks that exist and and uh start to, to sort of gain momentum on those yeah and then on top of like just touring or even just regular gigging on top of doing like one show every 18 months like you'll get so much better at the process and not even just like performing everything outside of performing like talking to people sort of selling yourself to these new fans just running the whole machine of getting there, setting up, selling merch, doing the show, hanging out afterwards, talking to the owners, talking to the other bands, talking to the other artists. Like, if you do that every night, I mean, anything, hopefully, that you do over and over again, that's how you practice. If you just do it once every two years, you're, you'll never get that good at it. And so... Yeah. No, absolutely. If you want to really 
make the most out of that. You just have to do it more often and, and then hopefully you will improve and understand it more in every way. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. It's also something to actually talk about. Like we were talking about social media and having valuable things to give your fans. Like when you're on tour, you get behind the scenes footage, you're seeing other bands in places and you can be documenting that and sharing the experience. And then you're not tweeting about bullshit inspirational quotes. You actually have something to share with your audience. Totally. Um, so, you know, there's that whole side of it too, like the content side of it that you get out of touring and playing. Yeah, absolutely. Live videos, all that kind of stuff. For sure. All right, let's listen to another tune. We're going to come back and wrap up uh, this guide and then uh, we're going to sign off. So... Um, this is a tune from user Averminator007, also known as Averma. He won the Flip This Challenge number 85 with this tune called Reminiscence. He's one of the, he, yeah. he always shows up in contests. Shout out to Verma. He always wins stuff. We, we, I like we that played though. him last episode. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 on. He's winning. <laughs> Active. He's got that activity. Tiger blood. Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to look at what the sample was for that, but I don't even recognize the artist because he mm-hmm. made it sound pretty huge. So a lot of sounds in there for sure. Yeah. So yeah, wanted to talk about um, how to keep this all from ballooning into a an undoable thing. You know, I feel like we've touched on so much, and when it's when you're doing it all yourself, it can feel very overwhelming. And you talk about budgeting your promotional time and really giving yourself space to make music and trying to keep those things separate. And I think that's really great advice because I think it's really easy to sit while you're trying to make music and you're checking on Twitter and you're trying to do this and that, and it takes you away away from making music when, um, you know, really you need to be able to give yourself 
focused time to do both of those things, to promote your stuff and to make your music. So if you make a, a social media plan for your week and you say like, oh, you know, on Facebook, I put out two posts a week and on Twitter, I post three times a day and you kind of plan out what you're going to do. You can set that all up in Hootsuite and just let it go. And instead of having to always check in and be on your phone and always doing it. So I thought that was really good advice. Everything we're talking about might seem kind of overwhelming, but I think the best way to look at it is more, um, it's more thinking of it like a practice, you know, like promotion to just be part of your music career and it should be part of your music practice, right? Um, I can't remember yeah. what the guide says specifically about uh, budgeting your time. Maybe well, Scotty can speak to that. I mean, uh, with with any promotional stuff, the, there's one thing that's at the heart of it, and that's your music. And honing that craft is obviously the number one thing to do. And uh, the thing about a lot of the platforms that come with promotion is that they're built to be distracting. Yeah. And Hello. Uh, you can, it's really easy to get sucked into them, but uh, you can promote, you can promote the shit out of anything, but if it's not good and it's not your best work, then there's no point whatsoever. So you just have to yeah. keep, uh, keep your craft and keep your process at the, at the heart of, of any pr- promotion that you do. And uh, uh, like I said in the guide, the, the number one promotional tool is just good music. So. But I think if you can make it part of your music practice, too, you know, like, you wake up, you have a coffee, you go to your studio, you take a quick picture of what's going on that morning, you know, maybe you have a collaborator over, maybe you shut them out on Twitter. Um, you know, if you can make it a natural part of your process that, that seems natural to your audience and, and it's just kind of part of your flow, maybe, you know, you, you, you make a beat, you send one email for promotion, uh, and then you go back if it could be part of your day, part of your every day, I don't think it should take up more than a quarter of your of your time, you know? But if yeah. you're doing it constantly and consistently um, and not overdoing it either, I think people can kind of fall into a trap of, like, exclusively promoting or exclusively working on, you know, building their, their stuff and kind of forget about the next phase of their music because these things need to grow in tandem, right? Like... You need to be getting better at music. You need to be making more stuff, and you need to be sort of seeding that out to the world to 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 relate to. Um, and if you can build these things together and and get in a habit of doing this, then you'll be in a good place. Especially now when it, there's kind of an expectation for you to have a public persona, or, or you know, I think yeah. even like David Byrne has a blog, or you know, everyone's got uh, everyone's got something going on. So if you can just sort of make that for yourself and it'd probably take a minute to get used to doing but in the long run it's going to help you more than it's going to than it's going to harm you yeah we're going to wrap up here do you guys have any final thoughts promotion should like rory just said it, it it should just grow organically out of what you're already doing and uh maybe not separate them too much uh and just be aware of them be a human being and uh approach people on a one-on-one basis and it's it's really easy to stand out because the reason that we're able to riff off of all these sort of uh tropes that you see everywhere online check out my soundcloud like retweeting awful memes (laughs) all that stuff uh i mean there's a reason that it's funny and it's because it's so ubiquitous so 
if you if you stay creative and and uh, you do it in the right way, it's it's really not difficult to stand out. Yeah, if you think of it as an art or a practice of its own, and it's something that you need to work on and and get better at, and maybe even recognize when you're not that good at it, but but have something to reach towards, and maybe even you know looking at other people and reverse engineering what they're doing and what's working, right? And so I, I think maybe not a huge artist, but what's what's someone who's on your level in your community and your scene that's doing well like what what are they doing how are they doing it you know talk to people people will share stuff it's a it's it's something that all musicians all artists have to face so um look around you and see how people are doing it and uh and just work on it and the minute you start thinking of it that way the minute that it'll just become part of your your regular routine andy that's about it i mean at the end of the day people want shit that's real and that yeah. resonates with them. So, you know, you use this stuff, use these tricks to promote yourself. But at the end of the day, it's got to be real shit that you're putting out there. And no one's going to give a fuck, basically. <laughs> that sums it up. That's it. Yeah. I mean, my big takeaway from this conversation is that, like, your promotion should be a natural extension of your artistic self. So, you know, you don't want to be like if you have an artistic persona, your music should be a natural extension of that. And, you know, you shouldn't be tweeting in ways that don't make sense inside that persona either, you know. Mm -hmm. So you want it all to feel very natural and you want someone who falls in love with your music to also jive with what you're doing with your promotional efforts, too. And you want those to make sense together. Um, It's all one big organism. Like you can't you can't compartmentalize two heavily because it all has to flow back and forth it's all part of the same living breathing thing it's all you yeah 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 well um so yeah i just encourage people once again this is kind of an overview of it but please go on to um either the lander blog or onto making hip hop and um look for that post and give the the promotional guide a read uh, it even itself is more of an overview, but it provides a lot of links to other services and it can get you going down the right path. If you know that you need to, you know, okay, I need to make an email list. You can start researching the best ways to do that. And there are a lot of, a lot of resources out there, but, uh, hopefully this can get everyone going in the right direction and kind of get them thinking the right, like, uh, kind of upper level thoughts about how to do promotion for themselves. So. So thanks for hanging out, guys. No worries. Absolutely. And if people have questions, you know, through Reddit or through Twitter, however you want to get in touch, um, you know, if you have specific questions about what we're talking about, I'm more than happy to, like, explore that with you or go into detail or even do a bit of research, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm trying this one thing or how do I do this? Uh, I'm more than happy to, to keep in touch with people. Yeah, we're, we're always reachable on nice. a one guys- basis. So. Great. Do you guys want to give your Twitter handles, email addresses, or whatever, so people can read out, reach out to you there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Lander, we're on Twitter at Lander underscore Music. It's the same on Instagram. Uh, me personally, if you want to check me out, I'm at Crass Wonder on everything. Uh, I'll let the other boys give their handles. They don't, they're shaking their heads. They don't want to. That's fine. <laughs> uh, we did actually just launch a sample database. Uh, which is very making hip hop uh, oriented and inspired by. So if you guys want to check that out too, maybe submit some samples. 
We'd love to ha- have you featured there. It's wavy.audio. Nice. Yeah, and there's a, there's a submission form on there because uh, we want to showcase uh, other people's sample packs too. So on the topic of self-promotion, uh, any sample packs that we feature on the front of the page uh, links back to whatever your project is. So nice. submit that's and a cool, uh, download that's a cool and project. do everything. Yeah, we just launched it uh, last week. So Nice. Cool. Um... All right, so thanks, everyone. This has been The Pen and the Drum. You can find us online at thepenandthedrum.com. And we are a podcast of the Making Hip Hop community, which you can find at makinghiphop.com. Or if you're already on Reddit, we're just the uh, Making Hip Hop subreddit there at reddit.com. You can follow us on Twitter at tpatd underscore podcast. And uh, you can email us at thepenandthedrum at, e- at gmail.com. So if you have music that you want featured on the show, we only play um, Making Hip Hop. Mostly we only play Making Hip Hop users' music, but if you're a Making Hip Hop member and you want to feature some of your music on the show, please email it to us. Or, um, you know, we're always combing the threads looking for new music to uh, feature on each of the shows. Um so, uh, yeah, I'm Johann Sebastian. You can find my stuff at johannsebastian.net or I'm on Twitter at js underscore beats. How about you, Sanders? Yeah, I've been Sanders. You know, you can find me at beatbreakdown.net. Search YouTube for Beat Breakdown if you want to see that weekly series I put on. But I'm also releasing some music. Uh, I alluded last week to some, or last episode, I should say, but we got some solid dates uh, this week. So... Uh, January 29th, if this episode comes out when we're recording. I don't know. If not. If it's after. In any case, January 29th, I'll be dropping a little EP uh, from Banana Peels is the duo. I produce and rap. And uh, was I've also got my friend Tasi. We rap together. Uh, it's a good little project called Fruit Deluxe. Be on the lookout for that. That's going to be rolling out throughout the week. And then the full thing's dropping on Friday. And then the week nice. after that, uh, I'll be dropping the album Bulk Spices from my group DWHB. That's on the 5th of February. And sometime after that, I'll be dropping some beat tapes. That's not important. But also, if you are listening and this episode does come out this week and you are in Texas, <laughs> um, Thursday night, it'll be in San Antonio uh, somewhere. I'm not sure where exactly, but uh, doing a show with Sheldon McQueen. Come out to that. Look that up. Friday night, we'll be in Austin. Saturday will be the Dallas show, which I will not be at, but it's still going to be a fun little show. Uh, sorry, Fifth, I told you. It was sad. We shan't be meeting up. But And then Sunday night will be in Houston. So that's uh, the 28th through the 31st. Little Sheldon McQueen mini Texas tour with L-E-S, L-E dollar from Houston. So be on the lookout for those. And uh, we got a track to You're play busy, us bro. out here, don't we? Yeah, I'm busy for these next two weeks, apparently. Yeah. I never have anything All right, to plug. One final thank you to you guys at Lander. Yeah, thanks yes. for having us. It's been Respect. great. Thanks it was a lot, great yeah. conversation. You. you guys uh, totally. know what you're talking yeah. about, so it's good to have you on. <laughs> we really Cheers. appreciate it. Thank thanks. you. Yeah, you guys are cool. Yeah, we'll be seeing you. Cool. All right, well, close it up here. We got a track from Edgar Cards uh, from his beat tape, Farewell, I think is the name. Or maybe this is just a track. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he put this project together that was like a it's a the concept of the tape to quote is the journey that one experiences during death wonder how he knows oh at least how i interpret it through sound 
That's an interesting concept. A little spooky. A little spooky for me, but here's his track, Farewell. Let's hear it. See y'all next time.